What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Business is Bloomin'. I had a really interesting conversation with Andrew Gold this week. Andrew is the co-founder and head of engineering at Xena, which is a peer-to-peer payment processing application for Dubai, the UAE, um, and is soon to be expanding into the rest of the Middle East. The company's got a really awesome outlook on the future of fintech uh, and the future of the industry in the region. They take a a very serious approach to customer centricity and and design products that are built to solve real customer problems. Um, And I think one of my favorite things that we talk about on the episode is that Andrew and, and the rest of the company are very intentional about the way that they design the brand and design the company to align with the Middle East and the rest of the region's heritage and customs and traditions because, and again, we'll get we'll get into this in the episode, but you know, dealing with people's money, right? Being a fintech application in a market like the UAE or the market like the Middle East, where there's a lot of uh, rules and regulations and the infrastructure is maybe not up to speed as something like San Francisco or the United States or the United Kingdom. Um, there's a lot of trust that goes into that. And so what what Andrew's doing and, and what his team is doing to build that trust, I think is really, really interesting. So I'm um, really excited to share this episode with you guys. If you like the episode, if you like the podcast, share it with a friend, leave us a review. Um, you know, this podcast is meant to be a resource for any aspiring or new entrepreneur. Um, and, and we hope to share it with everyone that can that can get value out of it. So again, leave us a review, um, share it with a friend. Hope you enjoy the episode. Cheers. Andrew, thanks for coming on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Oliver. So I want to just start so everyone that's listening is on the same page. What is Xena? Yeah, sure. So um, just for some background, uh, I'm co-founder and head of engineering for this company called Xena. Uh, We're a startup based in the UAE, in in Dubai, um, building what is essentially Cash App or Venmo for the Middle East. So um, FinTech has, has really expanded just about everywhere in the world, every region in the world, except for the Middle East. Um, and so what we're building is, is a FinTech product here, here in the region, um, starting with the UAE, but, but expanding more broadly in the region that uh, at its core enables peer-to-peer payments amongst friends, colleagues, you know, whoever, uh, makes it really easy to send and receive cash. And where we're looking to go from there is really build out more and more of that financial stack until we can sort of be a one-stop shop for your finances. So, you know, something similar to Cash App, uh, Revolut in the UK. Um, like I said, these sorts of products are everywhere, but but not in this region. It seems like, uh, like you mentioned, that fintech kind of lacks lacks in the region. It seems like big uh, value of Xena would be access for for these people, right? And I think we talked about that when we were chatting on the phone about a week ago. Um, why has the region lacked so much? And I mean, is why is there such a disconnect or, or a lack that that this region has kind of adopted some of these fintechs, some of these modern um, kind of ways of processing payments and things like that? Sure. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a great question. I I don't think there's any singular reason. I mean, frankly, in a lot of te- technology sectors. 
uh, they tend to, you know, start in, in, in the U.S. and Europe or maybe even India or, or China and, and kind of spread out from there and end up in, in, in the Middle East last. So this isn't something that's particularly new for fintech in particular. It's kind of a trend in, in technology in general. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons why um, fintech uh, has, has not come to the region in, in, in a meaningful way yet. I, the, 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 the one that stands out the clearest is, is just around regulation. So up until recently, there, there was just no regulation that would support uh, fintech products in the region, right? So it's either you are a bank or you are nothing, right? And, and the barrier to entry for a bank was just prohibitive uh, for startups like ourselves. So regulation has, has really started to open up in the region. And that's something that, that we've sort of capitalized in, in starting Xena. I think that's that's really the, the most major factor. Um, but te technology and entrepreneurship um, in, in the region is, is not quite as mature as it is in some other places. So so FinTech, for example, as a business tends to be very expensive, right? It's, it's a hard thing to, to bootstrap. Um, and so because the, the venture and the funding climate uh, is not as as mature in Mina as it is, you know, for example, in San Francisco or, or, or in other places, this has been a, a high barrier to entry. So as these things have started to shift, we, we felt like this was the right time to, to launch a product like this um, for this market. That's awesome. And, and, you, and you mentioned something, too, is that there was the, the the regulations kind of loosened up and there was regulations that allowed for this opportunity to happen. Let's let's take a step back and just talk about the early days of Xena. I mean, sounds like the regulations were a big part, but how, how did this idea come about? And can you talk about your co-founders and, and, and how the, the project really got, you know, its first kind of steps forward? Sure, sure. So, so frankly, before I launched this product, the, the Middle East was not really on my radar at all, frankly. So uh, I'm an engineer. Uh, I, I, I started my career working in the Bay Area, first, first at Apple on, on the Safari team. And, you know, when I think about engineering, what I always wanted to build was consumer products, right? So, so being able to, to work on, on the, the Safari team at Apple uh, was, was exactly that, right? I was working on a product that was used by, by so many people, and I found that really rewarding. Um, but frankly, after a while, you know, when a product is used by so many people, it doesn't change all that much. And, and so I was a bit impatient. Um, I felt like I was working on the present and I, and I wanted to be working more on the future. Um, so I ended up leaving Apple to join a friend's startup in the cryptocurrency space. Um, and, and we pretty shortly thereafter got acquired by Coinbase. So I got I got re really interested in, in cryptocurrency, frankly, not not for the reason that a lot of people do, which is. That you, they think they'll buy some and, and become rich, um, but but I was much more interested in the utility of cryptocurrency, actually being able to use it for payments and and a, a myriad of other things, um, and really this mission that Coinbase would talk a lot about of expanding economic freedom, right? Like having access to financial services is such a fundamental part of living a successful life, right? Like being able to provide for your family, being able to to really raise your station in life, and. You know, as uh, someone with privilege growing up in, in the U.S., I had just totally taken for granted that I had always had access to pretty much all um, the financial services I, I could want. Right. So so I was very inspired by this mission. Um, but, you know, frankly, Coinbase, their, their main business is as an exchange. And the people that use cryptocurrency exchanges tend to be people like me. Right. Who, who already have all of that that access. And so I felt like the work that we were doing at Coinbase was not totally aligned with this mission that, that was motivating me. So I started to, you know, kind of get a little antsy and, and, and look at what else was out there. And, and around that time, I linked up uh, with the people that became my co-founders, Faisal and Sarah, 
um, who are both from the region here, here in the Middle East, who, who really got me inspired by the idea of doing something here. Because they're like, look, Andrew, like you should really do something in the Middle East. Like there's just no fintech out there whatsoever. Um, and so this really felt like an opportunity to serve that mission that had motivated me in crypto, but do it in a much more direct way. Um, so yeah, Faisal, uh, he's, he's, uh, my co-founder and our, our, our CEO, his background is, is in sales. You know, he, he cut his teeth at Oracle, um, you know, in, in sales kind of, kind of worked his way up there also got into the crypto space. That's how, that's how we met. He was, he was doing a, a crypto startup, um, in, in San Francisco. And, and we actually, uh, connected through mutual friends, but had attended like the same hackathon. And so, and so we had that commonality, um, Sarah, uh, is, is actually his sister. She, she was living in, in, in London um, and is now currently based in, in Saudi. She had like gotten so excited about kind of the fintech space in, in London and, and was really inspired. Um, she, she, was, she was listening to, to um, a panel of discussion with people in the fintech space who were saying like, look, in London, fintech is only 1% done. So she's like, okay, if it's at 1% in London, then at, in the Middle East, it's zero, right? Um, and so... Uh, we and, and her background is in product. She had she had worked in product uh, at a few startups, um, and, and and so we we sort of kind of came together. We thought figured okay, here's the right time to do something. It kind of spoke to each of us, you know, in our own ways and and, and from our own background. So yeah, packed up my stuff. Uh, January 2020, uh, moved moved to Dubai, uh, and 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 we launched the company. It's it's awesome. I I love that, and I love kind of seeing that market opportunity. That hey, there's nothing out there right now. Um, I love that too. If London's at one percent, then what could what could the Middle East be at? That's that's awesome. I want to talk more about Zena in a bit, but you just mentioned moving to Dubai. I mean, you're you're from California. You grew up in Los Angeles. You spent a considerable time in San Francisco. Um, you know, probably two of the most uh, you know, progressive Western cities, you know, of the progressive Western cities. I'm, I'm just curious as, as you move to Dubai, like what kind of culture shift is, have you had to adapt to and, you know, being a founder, hiring a team, you know, and we'll talk about the team, maybe it's remote, maybe there's some there. would love to hear about that too. But, you know, just making that transition as a founder, starting a business, which already is such a big risk, you know, moving to a new place where you probably didn't know anyone, also a big risk. It's just love to just hear, you know, how you're adapting to that and what some of those challenges were and, um, you know, how, how you're making sure you're coming out the other end. All right. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. You know, I, I think that, uh, I just, I've, I've always been kind of of the belief to, of, to like take the road less traveled, you know, like I, I sort of, you know, I think that that's always, you know, how you sort of gain leverage in, in life, right. Is the kind of people are going one way. What, well, what's, what's the other direction, right? Why, why is that not happening? So, yeah, like, like you said, I was kind of living in San Francisco. It's obviously, you know, the, the center of, of technology and startups. And frankly, I was getting a bit disillusioned by it. You know, I think a lot of people, um, you know, were like running around like, oh my God, I'm, I'm changing the world. And it's like, dude, you're building SaaS, you know, like it's not, it, it, it's not exactly, you know, changing the world. You're helping so, a company market, market their products better. Okay, relax, buddy, you know? <laughs> Right. And I felt like so much of the startups were startups that were serving other startups. So it just sort of felt like, okay, is this a Ponzi scheme? Like I, I didn't, um, I, I wasn't really inspired by that. So when this opportunity arose, I thought like, okay, like I, I don't want to just, I, I don't want to be another one of these people who like just talks about, you know, making an impact and, and changing the world. I want to like really like put my money where my mouth is and, and see if, see if it can be done. Right. And so 
um, that that was compelling to me. I sort of looked at it like, okay, this is this is going to be the study abroad experience that I that I didn't get to have in, in university, right? Um, and you know, was was excited to just do something different. Um, and and honestly, there's so 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 moved out here, kind of like landed like sight unseen, like found an apartment, kind of like got settled. Um, you're right, like didn't know anybody. I mean, my my co-founder Faisal was there, but like it was it was just us. Um, so. You know, there's the, the interesting thing is, you know, I was very surprised by by what I found in Dubai, and I think that everyone that has come to to, to visit me from from the U.S. feels similarly. Um, there's there's sort of a common refrain among Americans here, which is like it's almost disappointing coming this far around the world, and it doesn't feel that foreign, right? So um, English is spoken everywhere. I think you would have a harder time getting around Dubai if you just spoke Arabic than if you just spoke English. It's an incredibly cosmopolitan and an incredibly diverse city, right? So the city of Dubai itself is 90% expats. So most of the people here are from somewhere else. The average age is quite young. I don't, I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's young people really from, from all over the world. And that, I think, creates this incredible energy where... Uh, you know, everybody is is fresh. It's, it's almost like when you go to university, right? Nobody knows each other, so like everybody is kind of like excited to, to make friends. Um, there's there's almost that that sort of energy here. Um, and every day, I meet people from different parts of the world that I had had never connected with before. And so that is always really really interesting for me. So definitely, there's adjustments. I mean, I think you know, it's a new place, it's a new culture. But I think a lot of people, you know think about Dubai and, and, and the UAE and they see it as like a Muslim society and oh it must be very strict and, and, and not very welcoming let's say and it's it's really um, it's extremely welcoming and I think that that's like one of the things that um, I'm I'm most proud of you know living here is this sort of just general message of tolerance where it's like as long as you sort of respect the local traditions and the customs Come as you are, you know, and and you will be respected, and 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 you are welcome here. And I think that that's really a, a, a nice way to be. I mean, I think sometimes we we've lost like th that. I think is is kind of some of the principles the U.S. was founded on, but but has has begun to you know fade over the generations. And so it's really nice to, to kind of have that ethos here, where it's like I will go wherever, right? And you see people in traditional dress of all different sorts of cultures. Uh, mingling together, you know, and, and and people kind of living harmoniously like that, and, and so it's really, um, it's it's really cool, and I'm I'm super thrilled that I get to have this experience and meet these people from from all these different places. That's awesome. I, I love to hear that. And um, you mentioned something that I want to dive into a little bit. You said, you know, everyone just kind of hey, come as you are, right? And I'm curious. I want to take a step further back um, before you had sure. maybe. Um, you know, dove into this, this adventure. And I'm curious, you know, you, you mentioned, I was, you know, you kind of privileged as a kid, you had access to all these things, but you had this drive in you to kind of, you know, economic freedom for everyone really interested you. And I'm, I'm curious, like, what were you like as a kid? Um, yeah, I, it's, that's interesting. I, let's see. I mean, I always, um, I think I was like a very curious kid. So, you know, I think that's sort of where like the engineer in me come from. Like I was always like, play, you know, it's such a stereotype, but I was playing with Legos all the time. Like I loved like building stuff. I think that that uh, was, was always uh, interesting. Um, I, I would say I was a bit um, like controversial. Like I was always interested in kind of questioning this, the status quo and like, and I think 
you know, much to the dismay of my teachers and, and, and my parents sometimes um, could, could, could be a bit, could be a bit difficult in, in, in that sense, just like always asking why, you know, like, why did, why is this thing done this, this way? Um, and so I think that that, that that was part of my characteristic. Um, and I, you know, my parents, they love to say that my best and my worst quality is my tenacity. Like if I wanted something, if I kind of like honed in on something, I just would not, I would sink my teeth in it. I would just not let go of it. And, and so I think that this is a quality that has served me well when it comes to like work and, and entrepreneurship. Um, it led to some battles with, with my parents that I'm sure infuriated them, but uh, I appreciate that they had this perspective, at least that it was a quality that would, would benefit me, um, you know, down, down the line. Shocking that uh, that would cause some some strife in, in the in the home environment with a kid questioning everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's let, let's talk let's talk about Zena again. So um, yeah, I was reading online um, yesterday that Zena has won a number of different UI and UX awards, and it, it sounds like you know you're the CTO. You're you're focused on product development. Um, you know, it seems like user experience and, and design is a big part of the business and really important for you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's not, um, it's not like rocket science. I think that like great design has been a factor in the success of a number of businesses, a number of products that we love in, in our everyday lives. And so when we set out to start, you know, we thought, look, we we're looking to introduce people to a total, we, we want to change behavior, right? Like we want them to do something uh, differently. And, and we, it's something that is so fundamental to their life, right? Money. And it's something that we all feel, I think, a bit um, protective over, right? A bit of stress around. And so we thought, okay, well, how do we, 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 we just, we have to bring good design to, to, to how we do that, right? If we want to shift that sort of behavior. And for us, a big part of our focus and like what we're trying to do is turn finances from something that is typically stressful and uncomfortable into something that is delightful. So for example, like Apple ran this study where they like um, hooked up people's brains to like uh, electrodes, like measure brain waves and said like a variety of finance terms, like mortgage, savings account, you know, all these things. And, and they saw that the areas of their brain associated with stress were lighting up. Um, and then they started saying, you know, um, more kind of like modern, like FinTech, like Cash App, Venmo, like these other sort of like more modern ways of doing things. And, and, and that stress went away. And so I, I think for us, we believe that like your finances, like they don't have to be a stressful part of your life. But unfortunately, particularly in this region, the tools that you have to, to manage this part of your life are stress inducing. And so for us, it's very important to us to put, put this focus on, on design to, to, to really change um, folks' association um, with, with this part of their lives, right? So, so that's part of it. Another part of it is it's really important for us to pay homage to the region that we're in, right? So a lot there's there are tech a number of tech products here, and oftentimes when you when you use these apps, they feel Western, right? Like every app just sort of wants to to, to look Western and, and use these sort of Western design motifs in in their product, uh, and we didn't want to do that, right? I think another part of like what what we're trying to do is, is, is earn the trust of our customers, right? Like people in this region uh, have a, a, a distrust of financial institutions, rightfully so in a lot of cases. And so we want them to trust us to hold their money, right? And I think part of the way that, that we can do that is, is to 
you know, meet them on, on their ground, on their terms, right? Embrace the fact that, look, we're a product uh, from Dubai for Dubai, right? Or from, from the Middle East for, for the Middle East. And so we, we really made a concerted effort to embrace local art um, and design traditions wherever possible. And I think that that shines through in the product and, and, and really, um, you know, adds to that delight that our customers feel using it. Definitely. I, I love that too. And it's, you know, if, if you're already going to have, if you're already going to have to change consumer behavior in one way, like make it as easy as possible by being as relevant and, and as, you know, safe seeming and, you know, um, kind of like you said, accustomed to their culture and that they can say, Hey, look, this looks familiar to me. I, I'm going to give this a try. And then, you know, once they get in the product and trust and see the power of it, it's like, okay, this is, this is great. So I, I yeah. love that. And part of part of that as well too that's that's important to us is is not just on the customer side but also on on sort of the recruiting side right so there's so many um, brilliant kids that that grow up in the region um, and and they want to go work in companies in the U.S. or in Europe right at these sort of big name tech firms that there hasn't really been that that big name brand here in in the Middle East that sort of inspires young folks that come work there and and so that's also part of our strategy too is is we want to not just build a great product but build a great company that like young folks in the region can aspire to come work for. And we think that like having great design, both in our products, but also in our communications and just the way that we message ourselves to the world is, is essential in, in doing that. That's a, that's a great turning point. Let's, let's focus on for the next few minutes, the team. And as you think about scaling up from, from size, as well as also scaling up, you know, the business and, from a customer acquisition standpoint, like the team has got to be very important, right? And and as the the builder of the product and the leader of the builder of the product, the team's got to be, you know, in, in my eyes and in your eyes, maybe too, right? Probably one of the most important parts of, of the organization, which is building a great product. So you think about hiring, you know, what are some of the things you look for in, in, a, in a great candidate? How are you making sure, like you just mentioned, right? I, I want to make sure that this company is somewhere where people want to come work. Like, how are you, how are you making all that happen? Because I, I imagine that's a science and an art combined. So I'm curious to hear kind of what you and your co-founders are, are focused on in that perspective. Yeah, it's, it's hard, honestly. And it's, 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 it's been tough, but it, the momentum builds, right? So I think, you know, making those first few key hires are, are really always the hardest. Um, but good, great people want to work with other great people. And so that that helps kind of drive that, that momentum. So um, we have put a tremendous focus on recruiting and, and, and kind of the quality bar that, that we're bringing in the company. We think it is our single best asset is, is the people that we have. And so across disciplines, we take it really, really seriously. So I think there is sometimes a tendency to look at engineering as just sort of, um, you know, means to an end, right? It's just kind of a cog, you know, it's like get, get the thing out the door. And so at least in my department, engineering, like we, we take that really seriously, but it's not just engineering. We, we really have a high bar when it comes to product, of course, design, uh, operations, you know, and, and compliance, like what, whatever it is. Right. Um, and so, it really, it took a lot of discipline, honestly, for, for us, because I think when you're starting out and, and look, survival is so uncertain, right? Like every day we're, it, it's a survival game. It's still, I mean, still our survival is far from guaranteed. And so um, when you're in that position, sometimes it's like, all right, we have this fire, like we have to put it out. Like, let's just get, you know, bodies in the door. And for us, 
we really made it like we had to resist that urge. It took a lot of, I think, willpower to like resist that urge. But but we're so glad we did because every time we held out for the right person, we we really thanked ourselves. And so I think like that's that's been really key to, to, to how we approach hiring is like we just will not compromise. And sometimes that gets frustrating and sometimes that really is is tough and a grind, but but we won't we won't compromise because it's 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 whenever we have, it really was not good. Like it, it didn't work out. It was it was a mistake and we regretted it. So now we've like really learned and and and, and we don't compromise. Um yeah. What yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I love that. And I think it's, it's such a good reminder for, for anyone that's, you know, listening that is either a founder or is, you know, an aspiring founder, like in, in tech and startups and, and building a business, like there are no shortcuts. Right. And, and, and as you mentioned, people are your greatest asset because, you know, Andrew, you being a founder and, and, and with Sarah and Faisal, right. Like you guys have a vision. Right. And, and your employees at the end of the day are the ones who are going to carry out your vision and make this reality, this dream that you've, that you've created, right. They're going to bring that into reality for you. And as the business scales, as the business grows, as it, you know, maybe you look to your 30, your 50th, your hundredth higher, right. You start getting into more countries and, you know, there's, there's all these things and the business becomes more complicated, but if you get those first hires, right you know, it makes that, that vision so much easier to be carried out. So I, I, I love that anecdote. I, I think you're, you're totally right. And so I want to, I want to focus on uh, just, just shift our focus here a little bit. And as you do think about scaling the, the business in general, you know, getting more customers, you know, what's on the product roadmap, how are you thinking about entering the market, um, expanding into new markets? Like where do you see the business going in the next three to five years? Yeah, so definitely we uh, let our our customers drive where where we go next, right? So when we when we first launched the product, you know, we had this thesis around peer to peer payments. Um, we launched it. A lot of stuff about it worked, right? Like peer to peer payments. It's 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 a use case as old as time, right? Um, so so a lot of stuff worked. Some stuff didn't. We we had to iterate, right? And so we try to really embrace that kind of like lean methodology of like get something out the door, validate it you know, and, 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 and continue to iterate. So we started with peer-to-peer -peer payments. When we launched peer-to-peer -peer payments, what we found was um, for individual consumers like us, right? You go out to lunch, you want to split the bill, whatever. You want to, you know, pay the kid's tutor. Um, this was really a huge convenience. But for small businesses and really even like micro businesses, this was a necessity, right? Because for them, particularly as the pandemic hit, collecting payments digitally was like, a matter of like making a living, right? And so we wanted to to really embrace that. And so, you know, this the sort of the first use case we built on top of peer to peer payments was, was really focused on helping small and and really even like micro businesses collect payments digitally. So we built out um, a pretty cool suite of features that that help support these small businesses. One of the things that we're that we're really proud of is um, we built this like custom payments keyboard. So we we. We're talking to our customers. We noticed like so many of these small businesses here in the region are doing business on WhatsApp or in Instagram DMs every day. Think like, you know, your friend that's like an incredible baker and she like starts an Instagram page and now like everyone wants to buy her brownies. And so she's selling her brownies. So like, you know, for, for these sorts of people, um, they didn't have a good way to collect payments digitally. And so we noticed like, okay, they're, they're doing uh, business like every day, like texting on WhatsApp and Instagram. So we built this cool custom keyboard for iOS and Android, where like, if you're talking to a customer, you can just immediately like flip to your payments keyboard, enter an amount, hit send, and it inserts a link into the chat that 
um, your customer can then like tap on and pay. And so that was something we we were really proud of of doing because you know uh, I think it was an innovation that uh, really spoke to kind of the way that consumers um, and, and small businesses behave here. Uh, and so that's that's been something that's pretty successful. So so we're investing in kind of that like small um, business those, that suite of products. Um, on top of that, you know we're 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 really like. There's so many, sometimes it's, it's the challenge is like, well, we have so many options, like, like what's, what's the one to pick? So we're, we're looking at really like what our, our customers want. Right. And so, um, we're looking at things like issuing a payment card so that you can really easily spend the money, um, that's, that's in, in your wallet. Um, we're looking at things like, uh, stocks, like investing in investment products, right. We're looking at things like, uh, potentially credit products in the future. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I think really there's, there's so much of that financial stack for us to, to be building on remittance, you know, you, you name it, right? Like there's so many things you might want to do with your money and we want to, we want to enable that. Um, that's on one side. On the other side is like looking at international expansion. So the UAE is actually like a surprisingly big market. Um, the banking industry here, I think it's like over $75 billion market cap industry. So, so quite, quite, a, and, and it's growing, right? Like the country, like the population here is actually growing quite, quite rapidly. So, um, I think there's certainly so much, um, opportunity just here in the UAE, but, but we do want to expand, um, throughout the region. So, you know, there's a lot of lead time on this, right? Like forming these partnerships, the regulation, um, you know, et cetera, the relationships that it takes to, to kind of enter a new market in fintech. Um, but we're looking at that and, and we want to expand more broadly throughout the region. So those are sort of two, two areas where, where we hope to go. Um, and really all to, you know, at the end of the day, though, the thing that we're most focused on presently is growth, right? We want to, we want to get more people on the platform, um, make it more useful. And, uh, let's dive into that a little bit. What's, what's the customer acquisition strategy right now? How's, you know, how's the platform performing? Um, curious how many people are on it. What's, you know, maybe some future goals and, and how you, how your team, I know Faisal kind of sounds like the, the one that comes from the sales team, um, with the sales background, like what are some of his priorities in terms of, you know, getting more customers on the platform? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're looking at like a number of different strategies and, and, and we approach growth in a few different ways. I'm not going to give away all the, the secret sauce, of course, but, um, what we found is like, look, um, this is like, like I said, trust is really important for us. Like we're, we're looking to, to hold your money. Like typically you got to hear it from a friend, right. That like, this is, this is something to try. Right. And it has to kind of come from that trusted individual. So referral is something um, that, that we really heavily lean into, right? Like, um, you know, our customers referring new customers onto the product seems to be one of the, the strongest channels for, for us to, to acquire, uh, new businesses, um, sorry, new businesses and new consumers, right? So, so on both sides of the platform, we have to take, you know, a slightly different approach in, in kind of how we tune that. Um, but, but growth is, is, is really, uh, referral is really like the, I think the strategy that makes the most sense for us, um, for, for growth. Yeah, I love that too. And and it's, you know, I, I came from a marketing background and I worked with a guy and mentored by a guy who was really, really highly, um, you know, revered in, in the digital advertising and marketing space. And he always used to say that word of mouth is the absolute best way to grow your business because it's free and it's full of trust, right? It's, it's, you don't have to spend a single dollar for someone else to tell you, you know, their friend about their product. And if they trust their friend, they're going to almost all, all the time, you know, every time they're going to download it. So um, yeah. I love that. I think, it's like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we're, we're, we're looking for like, also like creative ways to like invest in that, um, in that avenue. And so um, it's really important for us. We want to, 
be a culturally relevant brand. And so we're, we're looking at ways that, because I think studies show that like uh, somebody needs, I think like seven touch points with your brand before they're like going to try a product on, on average. And so we're looking at interesting ways. So we recently made, uh, we brought on a creative director, uh, Basil Hadi. He goes by Carol Hadi on, on, on Instagram. He's a he's, uh, uh, model, DJ, uh, influencer. And, and, and I think kind of our, 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 our eyes and ears when it comes to like what's, what's sort of culturally relevant. And so we're exploring, you know, some, some interesting avenues for how we can market our product differently. Right. I mean, I think you think of like marketing a fintech product and it's, you're not exactly the most inspired. Right. And so, uh, we're working with him to develop some like interesting campaigns and some interesting strategies and, and messaging for how we can help drive that, that world word of mouth around our brand. So talk about culturally relevant for a second. You're, I, we talked about this just as just as I, we signed on here on the Zoom, and uh, you've got this really interesting background. Can you talk about that and and, and what's so culturally relevant about um, what's behind you here? Yeah, I mean, sure. So so like I mentioned, this this kind of focus on design, particularly this this interest in in like local design, and so. Um, when developing some assets for our brand and our product, if you download our app, you'll see this very kind of trippy, like welcome screen animation that we want to like really hook customers and like it's it's different, right? And, and, and we want that um, we want people to feel like okay, this is something different. And so um, our our head of design worked with uh, some artists to kind of develop these like interesting graphics. So like yeah, what what you see behind me is is, is kind of just like the result of like some of those experiments. Um, Playing with, you know, starting with this motif of like a coin, but like we're digital money, right? Like we're, we're moving beyond coins. So like sort of extrapolating it out into, into all these, these interesting ways and leveraging um, some of the like arabesque geometry and, and patterns that are uh, really common in a lot of the, the art and design uh, traditions here in the region, as you can see as, you know, part of, part of these coins. And so uh, after that, I was like, you know what? Anton, I, I really need to upgrade my my Zoom my Zoom background. So I had him like capture like a few of these these cool graphics. And um, yeah, it's 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 if, if you look at our our design, we we like I said, we like to kind of do something different, but but also really pay homage um, to those roots in the region. Yeah, and and for anyone listening or, or watching this, definitely check out um, Zina website. It's z i i n a dot com. Um, super, super cool intro page and um, very, very engaging website. And I think what, what I've loved from this conversation so far, Andrew, is that what I realized about your company and, and the founders and the focus that you guys have, it's, it's all about customer centricity, right? Like how can we be focused only on the customer, right? From building the products to solving their problems to our design and fitting in with their culture. And I think that's, it's a formula for winning when your business is, focused on your customer and your customer only, right? Just curious to hear your kind of final thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really honored that, that you picked up on that from the conversation because it's definitely, it is something that we really focus on and, and that we prioritize. And in like every uh, culture fit interview with candidates, we talk about this customer centricity. And so, um, you know, we, it, it's, it's, it's a focus we bring to, and, and we really walk the walk, I think, in this department. Like our product team, like I think averages about five user interviews a day. Um, all, all of my, my engineering, I'm sorry, a week, a week, but so five user interviews a week. Our, our engineering team, I think all really bring this like customer focus. We all use the product. We're all constantly thinking about like ways that, that, that we can make it better. Um, and so it's, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately like our customers are the ones that are going to determine if we survive as a business or not. And so, um, having that focus, building the product that they want. 
um, to me is, is just, is to, to all of us is just absolutely key. They, they, they're the boss, right? And, and so that's kind of how we, we approach everything that we're doing. It's awesome. Last two questions for you, man. This has been awesome. I want to just kind of wrap things up. I think this has been an incredible conversation. Um, two two quick questions to, to finish off. Are there, are there any books or articles or resources, thought leaders? Is there anyone that's been a big influence um, on you and maybe on the business over the last few years that you can recommend our, our listeners check out? I think, you know, we we reference a lot of the classic ones like the lean startup zero to one monetizing innovation is, is, is a great book. Um, for, for me, you know, going from IC to manager, reading the book, uh, high output management has been great. And, and, and one minute manager, um, as far as individuals, you know, we really look to like, uh, people who, who whose footsteps we're looking to follow in. And so, um, one of the things that I'm that I'm proud of with the business is is we built this sort of like cadre of angel investors who are former um, um, operators themselves who we do like a monthly office hours with um, once a week across fields like growth, design, um, engineering, um, et cetera, to kind of like learn from those examples. I mean, I think you know it's it's really important to like be humble and 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 make sure that like you know you're you're obviously believe in yourself, but 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 recognize the bounds of, of your own abilities. And so we really try to like leverage like the, the brilliance of the, the community that's, that's, that's come before us to, um, you know, help make this a success. That's awesome. And, and, and Andrew, you're an incredibly intelligent guy. And there's always that, that homage of, Hey, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room. I imagine that's pretty difficult for you. Um, but wrapping up, wrapping up, um, curious where everyone can find you if they want to connect with you on, um, you know, LinkedIn or social media or, or check out the business. How, how would someone, um, how would someone find you? Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and just to speak to that, I, I, I appreciate the kind words, but, uh, I've, I've made an effort to, to sur- surround myself with some other very smart people. So they, they challenge me, uh, every day and, and, and it really, uh, it keeps, it keeps it interesting. And, and I think we owe the success that we've had, uh, to, to the team, but, but I do, I do appreciate the kind words. Um, yeah, I mean, happy to connect on, on, on LinkedIn, my full name, Andrew Gold, and you can, if you add Zina to that, you'll, you'll definitely get to me, Z-I-I-N-A, um, Zina.com is, is, is the website you mentioned. I am on Twitter and, uh, I pretty much never tweet, so sorry about that, but, um, you know, for, for your audience, if, if I'm always open, if you want to reach out, if there's any way I can be helpful, if you're interested in what you're, in what we're doing, if you're interested in the market and you want to understand more about, what it's like to kind of move to Dubai to, to launch a startup here. Uh, I would be more than happy to, to have a conversation, hop on a Zoom like this and, and chat a bit about it. So yeah, um, LinkedIn probably probably the best way to get in touch with me. Awesome. Andrew, this is this has been this has been great. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this conversation as much as I do. Um, until next time, my man. All right. Well thanks so much, Oliver. I really appreciate it. It, it, it was a good time and, and, and looking forward to chatting again soon.